Hello, and welcome to Breast Cancer Conversations, a podcast brought to you by survivingbreastcancer.org. I'm Laura Carfing, breast cancer survivor and founder of survivingbreastcancer.org, a nonprofit organization providing community, education, and resources to empower those diagnosed with breast cancer and their caregivers from day one and beyond. If you've been following us on Instagram, you've been seeing these posts that we've been doing every single day called Did You Knows? Every day for the next 31 days for Breast Cancer Awareness Month, we are posting, did you know, fun facts about breast cancer. So if you're not following us, hop on over to Instagram and check us out at survivingbreastcancer.org, all one word, and get in on the information, facts, knowledge, share, like, comment, and ask questions and join our thriving community. I also have to give a shout out to Madam Glam. We partnered with them because they care about clean beauty. Now, If you're like me and you're dying to get a pedicure or manicure and you're not leaving your house because of COVID, you definitely need to find some products that can make your nails shine and also know that you're putting on good quality products that are not going to harm your skin, your nails, or your body. Madam Glam's products are gluten-free, vegan, cruelty-free, and nine-free. Now, if you haven't heard about what Nine Free is, they're actually one of the few gel companies for nail polish that have removed nine toxic chemicals from their products. When you purchase products from Madame Glam, specifically in their pink collection this October, they will be donating $1 back to survivingbreastcancer.org. So if you're looking for some nail polish this season, check them out. I'll link to them in the show notes below and know that when you're purchasing their pink collection products, they're donating back to our nonprofit. Additionally, we have some great surprises today. Our guests are so phenomenal, and in light of Breast Cancer Awareness Month and the whole conversation around non toxic, we are here with Eco Thriver, Full Lane, and Cultivate Cleaner, who also are going to be sharing some discount codes and some great resources for us. So I'll link everything in the show notes below. Today on Breast Cancer Conversations, I am pleased to be able to share with you the live recording that we did dated October 1, 2020, where we had our kickoff Breast Cancer Awareness Month event specifically on beauty conscious products. I would like to introduce Amy Ferrero-Witset. She has been interested in cleaner beauty products, eating healthy, and protecting the environment long before her breast cancer diagnosis. She has always been into socially conscious companies and became a beauty counter consultant and founder of Cultivate Cleaner. When she was diagnosed with estrogen-positive breast cancer, she started reading a lot about some of the causes and environmental risk factors and how little regulation there is over the beauty industry in household products. We also have with us today Tiffany Basford. Tiffany is the marketing director of Fullane. After leaving her 10-year career in consulting and getting her master's degree in gastronomy in Italy, Tiffany returned to write a book and educate people about the impact of what they're putting on their largest organ, their skin. Finally, we also are joined today by Katerina Gemitter. Katerina will speak to us about immune health and the importance of going green with your beauty routine. There are different approaches to how you switch over to non-toxic products. She will focus on simplicity and share some recipes that we can all follow along with homemade products, facial serums, moisturizers, body butters, Epsom salt baths, and deodorant. I am so honored and pleased to be with this spectacular group of women tonight as we talk about environmental factors and how we can better take care of our bodies, our health, and live a cleaner life. We as a country have not passed major legislation around beauty products and household products. So really, you know, my aim is to educate about both beauty and household products. Um, So that would go cleaners, laundry detergent, because they all kind of fall into the same bucket. Um, Since 1938, The United States right now bans 30 
chemicals from being in beauty products. Canada bans about 600, the EU bans about 1,500. Welcome to the conversation. Um, yeah, so I'm Amy and um, I live in Massachusetts. And um, like Laura said, I am a survivor. So this is my third um, October. And I was diagnosed in July of 2018 um, with uh, stage one estrogen positive, highly off the chart estrogen positive breast cancer. Um, and um, I am a beauty counter consultant and uh, have a blog site and educational site called Cultivate Cleaner and I'm a management consultant by day. Tiffany, can I turn things over to you? Welcome. So glad to have you here and join us. Yeah, no, thanks, Laura. And just thank you for everyone for having me. It's really um, an honor to, to be here and just hold space for everybody's stories and just learn together. So as Laura mentioned, I am with Polane and we have six stores across the U.S. and an online e-commerce store. And we really curate and create the best of clean beauty. And so what that means when you come into our stores or shop online with us is that we have done all the mad scientists work for you. Um, we're really, really maniacal about what goes into the products and what we will and will not allow. So when you come in or shop with us, you don't have to turn it over because we did that for you. And we're incredibly transparent as a company. So you can go on our website at folane.com and I'll drop it into the, the chat for you. But we have a list there that's a really great resource of all of the toxic ingredients and why you find them in conventional beauty and how to avoid them. So it's a great sort of intro to how to clean up your routine in a very doable, safe, transparent way. So it's really a pleasure to be here. We also have Katarina calling in from North Carolina. It's nice to have you here tonight. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Laura. I'm happy to be here. My name is Katarina Gemitter, and I am the founder of EcoThriver. And it's a um, company where I help people really just choose greener and healthier and really to reduce risk and to do it in a way without anxiety. Um, cancer takes away our power. And I believe that the easiest way to get that power back is through educated choices. And I was diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer uh, 10 and a half years ago. This is my 10th Pinktober. And this morning I actually wrote a blog post on, um, on my page, EcoThriver, and just kind of reflecting on what the past 10 Pinktobers have, have looked like and how they've changed from you know, anxiety to more empowerment and the way I like to think of it as, as uh, Breast Cancer Action Month. I think so many of us are aware and I think we need to take action to be more empowered in our choices and in our health. And that is uh, the products we use. I work with people one-on-one -on -one and I also, also teach some classes and my approach is it doesn't have to be filled with anxiety and you can do things one step at a time, but I focus on having just focused information and easy swip, swap outs and how do we do this fast in a not stressful way. Um, and for some people that's, you know, a one hour phone call for some people that's, you know, three calls over three months whatever, whatever works for different people. Um, I have a strong family history of breast cancer. So for me, it was very personal, even with my diagnosis, my sisters have, um, are both BRCA positive. My younger sister had breast cancer and I was determined to do whatever I could after chemo to just be here for my kids. Um, and I do believe we can reduce our risk. Um, I, you know, and that's it. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much. And I love that you called it Breast Cancer Action Month because I literally posted on Twitter this morning, like we need to redefine what the A is. I was treated at one of the best hospitals in the world and I'm grateful for that and, and fortunate. And there was so much talk about food, diet, exercise, stress management, and all of that was covered. Um, I, I received um, acupuncture. What was never ever spoken about was chemical exposure. It just was not talked about. And so when I have something happen to me, I read a lot and I read more and then I keep reading and I keep reading. And um, as I dove into reading books and educating myself about breast cancer, of course, knowing that I will never know why I got it. Um, and, you know, we can't do an, a study on ourselves. I learned more and more about chemical exposure um, across a lot of things and, and, you know, what we've done to the planet, what we've done to the environment. Um, and I had known a lot about beauty or I thought I did. And I had been a beauty counter um, client. Um, I just had always naturally been, naturally been um, uh, attracted to more natural products. Um, but I didn't know the real um, issue behind um, beauty. And what I found was most people don't. So um, just a little bit of um, background. We as a country have not passed major legislation around beauty products and household products. So really, you know, my aim is to educate about both beauty and household products. Um, so that would go cleaners, laundry detergent, because they all kind of fall into the same bucket um, since 1938. So there are no major laws on the books, um, and those laws have not been updated since 1938. Um, and most people don't know that the FDA is really powerless to regulate anything. And products that you use on your body are not tested unless the company opts to do it before they go to the market. Now, if a product has extreme adverse reactions, they can get reported and there could be, um, you know, they could be forced to withdraw or test something, but there are no rules, no regulations, no requirements. There is no um, regulation around what you can put on a bottle or a label. So the whole question around what's toxic, what's clean beauty, there's no definition. So when we all have these questions around it, that's because there's no definition. So there are a lot of really great companies that have come out and are doing this, but they're all defining their own criteria. Um, and so that's really what's happening. And so I can go out right now and I can put clean on a product that's toxic. I can put healthy on a product. I can put all kinds of claims. I can put organic on a beauty product. There's no standard for what that means unlike food. And it's kind of interesting because in the beauty world, what we're really trying to push for is transparency. And I think Tiffany, you mentioned that that's, what's really important. It's, it's a little bit opposite the food because actually on a beauty product or a household product, you actually want to see more ingredients rather than fewer, because generally what it's going to mean is that there's more transparency in what is um, in a product. Um, I actually did a blog post um, a couple of months ago on a product that ended up in our house that looked great and it had very few um, um, ingredients on it. And it, you know, once I decoded it, it was actually horrifying. Um, so really what happening, there's no requirements around transparency. There's no requirements around labeling. 
And most people actually in this country have no idea um, that that's the case. So the other thing that's important to be aware of is the United States right now bans 30 chemicals from being in beauty products. Canada bans about 600, the EU bans about 1500. Um, and unfortunately, before everyone gets all excited and thinks, okay, I'm just gonna buy stuff that's made in France, then I'm all good, is what'll often happen is a lot of these big multinational companies will make one formula for the US and one formula for France or the EU. So it's really up to us as consumers to try to figure out what um, to do the work. And, you know, you can't really trust um, your average product that you find. And what you really need to do is you need to find companies and stores like Folane, like others that do the work for you. And that's really why I joined Beauty Counter and why Beauty Counter was created. Um, you know, the founder of Beauty Counter says that, you know, they didn't, it developed, the world didn't need another beauty county, a beauty company. We didn't need one more serum. We didn't need one more mascara. What we needed was a company and more companies that were going to push the clean beauty movement forward. Um, so what Beauty Counter does is they voluntarily do not put 1800 ingredients in their products. So they formulate without 1800 ingredients. And what they've really done is gone beyond that and they've started to work to make sure that their supply chain is clean. So the supply chain with beauty is also um, littered with things like um, child um, abuse, um, forced labor, um, environmental pollutants. Um, obviously we have, you know, what um, we're doing plastic um, and there's environmental racism um, issues and really trying to, you know, put forth those issues as well. So when you're buying certain products and a lot of these companies are working together to combat a lot of social issues in addition to the fact that you've got the chemical issue. So really, I think that's what um, I think a lot of us um, have in common is that not only are we trying to advocate for our health um, and really realizing that there's a health issue at play, but also trying to work on a number of social issues and if you really start to read and look at medical studies, there are some very, very clear links between breast cancer in particular, more so estrogen positive breast cancer. So the, the, a lot of the chemicals in these products um, definitely have an impact on hormones um, and endocrine um, disruption and so forth. There are some newer studies that are looking at triple negative, but the links are definitely clearer with estrogen positive. Um, and then they go over to men. So men are not, you know, off the hook. Um, there are studies now that have pretty conclusively shown that um, exposure starts in the womb and that that's a leading cause of male infertility. Um, and that, you know, we start to look at thyroid issues, we start to look at obesity, um, and, and so forth. So there are clear connections. And a lot of it is really about, you know, finding what works for you. I mean, all of us have different sensitivities. You know, I, I actually listened to a, um, a, a something like this is Zoom yesterday with Michelle Pfeiffer and um, the actress. And I don't know if, if how many of you are familiar with her, but yeah, she, um, she has a perfume company out and um, now, and uh, you know, she was saying, you know, one of the hardest things for her to get her head around is that natural is not always safer. 
Um, you know, there are a lot of natural ingredients out there that are pretty harmful. Rice is natural, right? So, I mean, you know, you got to kind of do your homework. Um, we want to use the most simple, natural thing we can. That's the goal. But we also want to use the safest product we can. So it gets very, very complicated. So, you know, my strategy is to find those companies that have done the homework, find those companies that have, you know, done the work for us. Um, and I use a combination of those and mix in the natural products. I use a lot of, you know, essential oils in my kitchen. So, um, you know, that's kind of why I'm here and, you know, finding out what works for you. And um, I'm going to turn it over. But, you know, my big litmus test is fragrance. That's kind of my big thing that people get sick of me talking about. Basically, the one thing I, I just want to make sure everyone is aware of, it is perfectly legal in the United States to say that your product has no phthalates, no parabens, none of that. And then on your same product to say that it contains fragrance and all those same ingredients are in that fragrance. If you want to share with our community what was going on in California, I would love for you to share the great legislation that recently just got passed to help start the regulation process. One in 2025 will ban 24 of the most toxic chemicals in personal cosmetics um, from being used or manufactured or sold in California, which I think is going to be huge um, in the United States and hopefully will have a domino effect. And then the other one won't require companies to disclose what's in fragrance. Um, and I'd love to get Tiffany's take on, on that. Um, but um, it at least will say whether those toxic chemicals are hiding in fragrance. So you will at least have to disclose that. And I can't remember when that one goes into effect, but that has, those have been signed into law in California. So that's really, really awesome news. And a number of breast cancer organizations, Beauty Counter and others were um, advocates behind that law, those laws getting passed. And I'm with you, Amy, on, on fragrance, just to chime in about that, because it's such a big category that um, I, I think is worth just to give a second more. So Fragrance can be 3,000 ingredients, and they don't have to disclose it because it's a trade secret. Mm -hmm. So if you can imagine what's hiding in there, we just don't, we don't know, and they don't have to disclose it. So it can be endocrine disruptors. It can be carcinogenic compounds. I think that's one of the easiest things to cut out as well, because if you look through all your products and you look for fragrance, you'll find that if fragrance is included, that a lot of those other ingredients that you don't want in there are included as well. So I always tell clients that the first two things to really look for are fragrance and parabens. And there's many different forms of parabens, but if you see those two words, just go to the next product. It's a quick, <laughs> easy one. Yeah, excellent. No, those are great takeaways. Uh, I want to cast a poll quickly about how much people know already about clean beauty, non-toxic beauty products. And it looks like we have a pretty, pretty good split here. We have about 32% that know very little, know nothing and want to learn more tonight. So welcome. We're so glad you're here. About 40% of you responded saying, you know, some basics, but want to know some more. 20, 22% know a good amount, but there's many, much more to learn as we know that there's what, 1,500 thousands of products that we need to learn about. And then about 5% know a lot and are always looking to expand their knowledge. So thank you for that. You know, Katarina, I think you brought up a great point too. We're kind of talking about some of the, like the fragrance and the parabens. 
Um, can you share a little bit more about how you started your journey? And, and, you know, I think it could be very overwhelming, right? I know when I was diagnosed with breast cancer, William threatened to throw out my makeup bag, which... What do you mean? I did. <laughs> and it was like $500 worth of makeup, right? Like we accumulate product time and time again. It's very expensive. And so I had to kind of reset. Do I just throw everything out immediately or do I wait for the product to be finished and then just kind of slowly start to rebuild my arsenal with clean products? Can you talk a little bit about your experience with that and how you can, without stress, start navigating this process? Yes, it can be very stress-induced. I think think it's personal for different people. Some people are all or nothing and some people want to do it little by little and replace things because they do have a lot of makeup options. Um, I will say that what I did 10 years ago is what not to do. So I was in an anxiety-ridden state, which caused more stress for myself, my family, my friends. Um, Luckily, they stood by me through that all. Um, But it was sort of an all or nothing with me. And what I've learned through the years is it doesn't have to be that way. And when you do it in a calm way, you commit and you learn as you go. So one of the first things is say, maybe just check for fragrance. I believe in a simple approach and I do not wear a lot of makeup generally. I never have. So I, my advice is to start with the things that you do wear every day. Um, Most of us in this pandemic are not maybe going to work every day or so you just need a little something to spruce up maybe for a zoom call. So eyebrows, especially during chemo, I know are pretty important um, and maybe a mascara I have chemical sensitivities as well. So going on a little bit of what was stated, just because something is natural doesn't mean it's safe. So there are essential oils that my body doesn't tolerate. So for soap, I use Dr. Bronner's and you can use bar soap, but this is um, the large uh, liquid soap. And I know a lot of people like foaming soap in the shower or liquid soap. So I use the unscented version And this lasts a really long time. And what I have in the shower is bar soap, but then I also have these. And these cost like $3 on Amazon. And all you do is put this much soap in and then the rest water, and then you foam and you have instant body wash for your shower. And it's very cost-effective and it's unscented and it's healthy for you. So we're not toxic for you. Um, So this is the only soap I can actually tolerate. So this is what I go with and it's in all of our showers and bathrooms um, for hand soap and body soap um, as well. So simplify, that's that's my way. Um, For an eyebrow pencil, I actually really like Beauty Counters eyebrow pencil. Um, And I use mascara when I go out which has been a very long time, but um, I really like 100% pure mascara and their products. Um, most of them I'm, I'm okay with. I, I tend to need to just try everything. Um, but their mascara is, is clean. It works for me. I don't have any reactions. Um, and it's a go for me. So simplified. That's probably my, um, my main, my main way. And just to mention as well, I just have some of my products here, but a cure is another brand. I don't know if anyone uses a cure, um, but their stuff is pretty good. They actually, so this was my favorite shampoo and then they added fragrance in for like 
two months and then they wound up taking it back out again, thankfully. Um, so this is a go-to. And then there's argan oil as well by a cure that I really like. And argan oil is great for moisturizing. It's great for your face. Um, again, just simplicity. You could mix some argan oil with some aloe and purified water. Um, and, you know, you can help moisturize that way. So that is, yeah, that is definitely um, my way. I also have some other things that I make that I'm happy to share. Um, again, keeping things simple with an oil for a base, um, making a body butter bar or your own deodorant. It's actually easy um, and fun if you're if you have some extra time, especially now during COVID. It could be a fun project. Um, but yeah, so yeah, Katerina, we're gonna follow up with you because we need to do like your whole home recipe cookbook. So that'll be that'll be coming. Um, and Tiffany, I want to make sure that I can ask you some questions too. The that you joined Fulane and all of their products. I know they have a wealth of information as well. When you go in, they can walk you through face masks. And I didn't even realize like sunscreen was non like could be non-toxic. I didn't realize it was toxic to begin with. Um, and speaking of like things that we can start cutting out of our arsenal of toxic products, I didn't realize formaldehyde is in a lot of products and not necessarily formaldehyde in terms of you're reading the back of a label and it says formaldehyde, but there are chemicals within these products that then release the toxin associated with formaldehyde. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Come to formaldehyde. It's used as a preservative. You'll find a lot of ingredients are used as preservative agents, even though we have a lot safer ones now. Um, but there's definitely a lot of like neurotoxicity with it. So to sort of back up where we got our start um, was in 2013, but pre that period, our founder, Tara Foley, um, was in law school and uh, or headed to law school and working in law firms in New York, living that very like busy New York City lifestyle. And, you know, like most of us, she was focused on what she was eating, um, but then started a blog called The Natural Chemist. And it got a lot of traction um, because she realized that predominantly women were not aware of the, just the number of compounds that we put on our bodies every single day, typically before 8 a.m. If you think about your your soap, your shampoo, your conditioner, your moisturizer, you know, the list goes on and on. And she thought, well, this isn't acceptable. This isn't acceptable at all that it's leaving predominantly women to, to bear this toxic burden and they don't even know. And so she started research. She pivoted her entire career and ended up going to get her MBA. And the whole time she was in MBA school, she was working on her business plan for Filane. And she wanted it to be a safe space where we could meet people where they are. And the associates that work in the stores are not called associates. They're called educators. And she's our chief educator. And the reason is because that's really the backbone of who we are and what we do. And, you know, pre this, um, we're having a conversation before we jumped on here. And I was sharing with the team that, we have a very privileged position at Solane because women walk in. Um, there's two cases that we see time and time again. One is they are pregnant for the first time. And sometimes we're the first person that they tell before they tell anybody in their family. And that's one of the first times they, they hear that what they've been putting on their body isn't safe. The second is a cancer diagnosis. 
And it's so aggravating because these women are saying, well, what about like my life? Why am I hearing it? You know, if I'm, when I'm pregnant or why did nobody tell me this before? I'm now, you know, 29, 35, 45, if I could have been working on this prior to that. So that's really the backbone of where we come from um, and what we do. Okay. So there's just a few, because I think that you can be so overwhelmed. Um, you know, if you're newer to this, you're like, where do I start? And overwhelming yourself is not our approach at all. Um, it's really just leading you to knowledge. So I want to leave you with a few things that you can start looking at your, your products with knowledge and feel like, okay, I know what I'm looking for. One of them is aluminum compounds. So aluminum, you'll find um, it's a metallic element. You'll find it in your antiperspirant and it functions to block the sweat ducts. Um, that's why you find it in your antiperspirant. But the concerns with it are neurotoxicity, a potential carcinogen, endocrine disruption. Um, it's thought to bioaccumulate within organs. And if you think about it, it's right next to the breast tissue, right? It's really at the, the start of the lymphatic system. And so of all of the things that we carry in store, deodorant is one of the easiest things to switch. And it's been the most studied to really avoid the, the antiperspirant. Um, so that's, that's an easy one to switch. Um, we already covered fragrance. So the other one um, is PEG compounds. So you'll see it, um, they're polyethylene glycol, but you'll see PEG a lot followed by a number in your products. That's how you'll see it. And what that does is it serves as a thickener, a solvent, a softener, um, or even a penetration enhancer. So when you think about the fact that a lot of the ingredients you put on your skin, your skin is your largest organ and it can um, go within your system within 30 seconds of putting it on your skin. So when you think of something like a PEG compound that serves as a, as a penetration enhancer, what that means is it is helping break down and pull that into the skin, into the body. Um, so that one is the concerns with that is potential contamination with carcinogenic um, compounds. The other one that you'll look for is, it's such a funny word, but phthalates, it's P-H-T-H. -H. Um, I put it in the chat, but it's phthalates. Um, and so that's, it's a plasticizer, um, it's a denaturant. So that, the concern with that is endocrine disruptor, um, potential birth defects. Um, and so you'll find a lot of fragrance, of course not. You'll find it in hairspray and things like that. and. The other one that's a really big topic that now because consumers have, have used their voices, um, you'll see products that say SLS free because we've fought for it. So SLS means sodium lauryl sulfate. And in the clean world now, we've found other ingredients, some of which are coconut derived um, that can still get that similar um, like satisfactory foam, but it doesn't have to have SLS. So that one um, can cause irritation and also trigger allergies. And it's so well known as a skin irritant that in labs, when they're trying to irritate the skin to, to test the efficacy of an ingredient, they will actually irritate the skin with SLS. That's how much it's known as an irritant. Um, and so that one is ubiquitous and you find it in everything. Um, so soaps are a big um, area. You'll even find it in toothpaste, honestly, because even that foams, right? Um, and one of the things that we launched with at Fulane is our everything soap. 
and it's a cat steel based soap with essential oils and it's refillable in glass jars to address all the plastic waste that's in the sea. And it's really our baby product that launched us. And we call it our everything soap because it can be used for your, your, your hands, your body, your dogs, your dishes. Um, so mm-hmm. it really is a great product to, to switch over and, our, our founder often talks about, you know, a lot of times we can be vain creatures and we want to focus from here up, but 95% of your body is from here down. So by switching your deodorant, your lotions, your soap, that's going to have a really big impact on a large portion of your body. So hopefully that gave you just a few places to start and start to turn over your, your products and have a little bit of knowledge. Um, one thing that came up, and I don't know how many people are on the call because of COVID. I know I have not had like a haircut in who knows how long, let alone some of the grays that are starting to show up, etc. Um, but are there any recommendations when we go to our hair salon and hairdressers that we should be cognizant about, especially after breast cancer, putting in all of these toxic permanent chemicals on our hair? There right now is only one um, hair um dye, if you will, that has really sort of been proven, if you will, that won't cause damage um, and won't expose you to chemicals. And that is a, a something called hair print, which is not really a dye. It restores your hair to its natural color. And it is only effective on certain hair colors. All of the dyes um, have certain chemicals in them. Coal tar is another one, um, not to add to the list, because Tiffany's list is exactly what I would have said but they will all have coal tar, coal tar derivatives. And so there is really no safe hair dye. I hate to break it to everybody. If you are going to dye your hair, I think that, you know, changing your shampoo and what you use every day is something that you should absolutely do because think about it, you're doing the other thing once in a while. And then you, what you're doing in your shampoo and your conditioner and your hairspray and all of that is huge. So think about that um, and do some research and um, also know that people have had go into anaphylactic shock from coal tar derivatives and hair dye, even if they've had been dying their hair their whole life and you can, it can lead to death. So if you ever do get your hair, you're at the hair salon and all of a sudden you start to um, not feel well, hyperventilate, get hot seek medical attention right away. After all of these treatments, we are more susceptible to that is what I've been told. And that goes back to the sensitivity, right? That after going through all the treatments that we've been through, our bodies are just very responsive. Um, some of the questions that I'm seeing in the chat include henna, which I know is a common practice. And then also like the ombre technique where they're not necessarily maybe going to the scalp, but doing kind of like that gradient. Um, I've researched the henna. Um, and I've not felt comfortable writing about this, but it's hard to find a henna, like a pure henna product that wouldn't have um, some of these things in it. And then also, I've also heard about people having a reaction to henna. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. my question. I don't know if Katerina or Tiffany, you have a different experience. Yeah, I haven't heard too much about henna, but I will say um, to add to your comment about shampoo and conditioner, I just want to share something that when I learned, it blew my mind. Because a lot of times people will skip shampoo and conditioner in the clean world and they're like, eh, it doesn't matter. Um, the pores on your head are one and a half times the size of the pores on the rest of your body. So it does make an impact. Um, and that also is then flowing over the rest of your body when you rinse it off. So 
that was just something that really blew my mind when I learned um, and actually had an impact on me to be like, okay, shampoo and conditioner really is important to sweat. Yeah, that's a really good point. I think sometimes we forget how absorbent our our skin is as an organ. And to relate this back to, for some of us who've gone through cancer and chemotherapy with the cold capping, where we will actually freeze the hair follicles. So that way, when we are receiving the chemotherapy infusions, we are able to preserve as much hair as possible. Now, if you think about what that is, you're putting all of this ice to freeze your hair so that the chemotherapy cannot get to that spot. Imagine what we're putting on our head and our pores from the outside in. Now, is there anything that we haven't yet talked about? In the in the health and beauty industry, there's a whole group of products that are not talked about enough. And that is um, vaginal moisturizers and lubricants. Post-chemo, um, post, I went into menopause when I was 32. And I remember thinking that that part of my life was over. And I actually went to a sex therapist and she had informed me that no, in fact, there were things you could use. What she told me to use, um, my body rejected, and I actually read the ingredients and I was informed enough by then to realize I'm not putting fragrance, parabens, and petroleum um, via mineral oil um, in a very sensitive area that already was ridiculously sensitive from chemo. Um, So there are healthier options. um, And one of the things that I tell a lot of women is vitamin E oil. So you use like vitamin E pills, like capsules, just as the ones you would take orally, and you could use those and insert at night and that helps moisturize. So that has been clinically studied and it is much healthier than replens or any other things that doctors recommend. And it's also much cheaper, which tends to be my way of going about things. Um, A lot of people um, do you know, profit off of this industry. And it's, it's great. But on the flip side, there's other things we can do to be more healthful and take control of our body. And that is a simple one, I believe. Um, So then there's also the issue of needing like an intimacy oil. um, And there are also natural options for that. And there's two ways to go about that. And the one is an aloe water-based, if you're using any sort of latex, and then the other is an oil-based. So what saved me was an oil-based product um, that I actually made. And um, I do supply it to a lot of survivors and it's four ingredients with an almond oil base for anyone with allergies. But someone posted too that they were very sensitive to a lot of the natural ingredients and I am too. So what I find is the more basic um, the oil is the better. So, you know, almond oil has been great for me. Um, Jojoba oil, not so much. Argan oil, I've been good with. Vitamin E oil. So I keep it very basic and very simple. Um, And I just, that's an area like KY, Replens, all these products that doctors are recommending. Please read your ingredients because sometimes they cause more harm than good. And they cause you to rely on them and they're not fixing the problem. So the idea that I follow is how do I actually get to the root cause of the issue? So if my skin's really dry, slathering a lot of moisturizer on it isn't necessarily the answer. Maybe I need a milder soap. 
and I need to make sure I'm not stripping it with all of this makeup remover. So another thing I use to take my eye makeup off is to use coconut oil. And it's very inexpensive and I have it in a little tub and I keep it in my bathroom um, in addition to what's in the kitchen. And then I put it on a little bit of either toilet paper or cotton ball to just take off that eye makeup. And it's inexpensive and effective and it doesn't burn your eyes and it's not toxic. Um, Also, like if you have a very dry scalp, um, olive oil can be a really great treatment. So the idea of just getting to some of these that can truly help us instead of needing to use these toxic, toxic products. And, you know, when you're talking about lubricants and moisturizers, a lot of them are toxic. Um, so it's just important to really think about. There's an organization called Women's Voices of the Earth, and they have fantastic information out as well. And they're a nonprofit. Their main focus is just education. And they have a lot of information about lubricants um, as well. Um, so I wanted to make sure that got covered. I'm so glad you brought that up. That is such a big part of like health, wellness, non-toxic chemical. Um, you know, it's an area that I know I'm personally still exploring because I have questions. And there are so many questions we're going to continue to have. Knowledge is power. It's one of those things that the more we start to learn about something, the more we discover, uncover, and keep growing our knowledge base. I want to thank all of our panelists tonight for joining us on such an informative topic. So thank you, Katerina, Tiffany, and Amy for spending your time tonight as we kick off Breast Cancer Awareness Month and all of the beauty conscious ideas, education, and information that we're able to share with our breast cancer community today. As always, if there is a topic or idea that you guys have and would like survivingbreastcancer.org and our podcast breast cancer conversations to explore please feel free to get in touch i love hearing from you and have a wonderful rest of your night as always thank you everyone for tuning in each and every week we are not here to substitute any medical or professional advice if you do have further questions please consult medical professionals your doctors and your medical oncology team and until next week keep on thriving